Advent, waiting. A threefold question. So who are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? And why are we even waiting at all? Advent is derived from the Latin adventus, which signifies the approach or the arrival. And Advent is characterized by terms such as preparation, waiting, patience, expectation, hope. The orientation is inflaming desires within. So holy desires are increased with expectation and hope. And the waiting of Advent is not the listless, sterile type of waiting in, for instance, unexpected traffic or being in long lines at stores or at the mechanic or at the doctor's office. Rather, This type of waiting is akin to waiting for the birth of a child. Few things compare to the eager anticipation of the birth of a child. Actually, on Thanksgiving Day, I was in Iowa visiting with a beloved family, the mother who was nine days overdue with her eighth child. So we peacefully passed Thanksgiving, but a few hours later at one o'clock in the morning, she went in. And so we are all on high alerts, right? The vigilance, knowing that at any moment she would need to be ready to go to the hospital, which was half an hour away. As soon as the mother senses, she'll be going into labor. And if you want to know how to live Advent waiting well, just start spending substantial time with a pregnant mother. I'm sure we all know different pregnant mothers. And not only that, but prayerfully reflect on the baby steadily growing within her womb. And pay close attention to all the preparations the parents are making for the arrival of the baby. Now back to the original questions. Who and what are we waiting for? Well, we're waiting for Jesus and his two comings. His first coming, the preparing for the celebration of the anniversary of his first coming here on earth. Of course, that occurs. Jesus touches down for the first time at his conception, at the Annunciation, and so the birth nine months later is more of a public announcement to the world. And then his second coming, when Jesus will come again in glory, marking the definitive end of this world as we know it. And then we might ask, so why are we waiting? Well, it's because he's the hope of all nations. Pay attention to some of the sacred music that underlines this. Jesus, who is the hope of all nations. Jesus, who is the joy of every man's desiring. He who is the long-expected one. O come, long-expected one. And as St. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, said, he has come to his people to set them free from the bondage of sin, as we pray in Luke chapter 1. And continuing in Luke chapter 1, if you're familiar with the Benedictus, the canticle of Zechariah, Jesus is the dawn from on high that breaks upon us. Have you ever prayed with that line? It's majestic, it's beautiful. Ponder that for a moment. As we approach Christmas, the days, at least here, get shorter until we advance upon the shortest days of the year, meaning when the nights are going to be longest. 
And what does that symbolize? That symbolizes the darkness that reigns through sin. And without Jesus, that kingdom of darkness reigns. But Jesus cuts through that darkness like a knife. Jesus advances and he meets us when the darkness is longest and most acute. It is in the deep of the night that Jesus comes, that the Lord comes to us at Christmas. The dawn from on high shall break upon us. And as we embark upon this Advent journey of the hearts, the pilgrimage of the hearts, let's allow this season to be an exercise of the heart. St. Augustine talks a lot about this in his letter to Proba. Exercise your desires for God in prayer, of inflaming holy desires through personal prayer. Now, as we meditate upon this notion of Christ coming, it is fitting to acknowledge that perhaps some of us feel like God's not showing up in my life. If he's come, how come I feel like he hasn't showed up? Perhaps we feel a little bit betrayed. Perhaps it's kind of like being in constant communication with someone with whom we're supposed to meet up and then we show up and that friend has just ghosted us. They, they just, they don't show up. We just feel so betrayed. And perhaps if we're honest, there are places in our heart where we feel disappointed because maybe struggles with personal sin or places where we're really tempted to hopelessness or powerlessness. Perhaps there's just drama in a certain relationship that I'm living or family dynamics or just various types of brokenness. And we're saying, well, Lord, if you're here or if you're coming, how come I feel like you're not showing up? Where are you in this? And I would invite you to have the courage to actually be able to wrestle with the Lord and bring that to him and ask him, where are you? How do you want to minister to me in this place as I exercise my desires in prayer?